When they laughed, I knew I had gotten away with it. I was a little kid, and I was eavesdropping on a conversation that my mother was having with one of her friends. And it was one of those situations where I grew up in the house, and they were thinking, children should be seen and not heard. But for some reason, my mother caught me eavesdropping, and she made me come into the room where she and her friends were. And they had been talking about some type of relationship issues. Now, mind you, I'm a little kid. And my mother was like, Shell, what were you doing? I was like, um, nothing. And she said, well, what did you hear? And of course, I couldn't tell her everything that I heard, but I just simply said, all I know is if love is blind, I want to (laughs) see. And that is how I learned that you can get away with a lot by using the right words. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So guess what? I want you to keep listening, and I'll see you on the flip. So here I am, this little shy kid, and um, I've had already already had a, quite a bit of dra- trauma in my life by now. I've uh, survived a, uh, a illness that had put me in a coma for some time. Uh, I ha- uh, was a survivor of my father dying at an early age in my life, and now I am trying to find my place in my family uh, as the second oldest, and my mother now has other children from my stepfather. And I always wanted to be that good little kid. And so I devolved into reading books. My mother was an avid reader and I picked up the habit because at first I really kind of just wanted to say, see, we have something in common. And that's what little kids do. It wasn't that my mother was ignoring me or any of that kind of stuff. It wasn't that. It was simply that I always had this kind of thing in the back of my mind where I'm going to be the good kid. I'm going to be the one that causes you no problems. And so I tended to lurk and observe and listen and those types of things. But the other thing that I realized is when I got asked something, have a ready answer. You see, my mother loved to laugh and she was a quite uh, comical and witty person. Um, And so that was another bond that I, I always wanted to have with her. And I started figuring out funny little ways to, as my mother and grandmother would say, have a different turn of phrase so that when they asked me something, I was enjoyable. I would take that on into um, my life as I grew up and it became, I don't, well, I don't want to say that it was just a skill. I'm going to say I possibly inherited it from my my mother's side, my mother and my grandmother, because I learned that I could get away with a lot of crap um, based on how funny or witty or insightfully funny I made it. And so today I want to talk to you about, as I like to call it nowadays, reality bigger. <laughs> yes, reality bigger. And I got this uh, through observing some of the biggest jumps, quantum leaps I've made in my life and understanding the power of words and story and uh, just 
being able to have the ability to capture uh, the funny, to observe the offbeat and put it in a way that people stop and say, oh, okay. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'm not trying to make it funny. No, I'm not because it's just me talking to you and, you know, I only have a few minutes, so I can't do a whole routine. And I'm not a stand-up comic. I might try that. That's on my bucket list to try. But at this particular time, this is just us talking, right? We're just talking. So I want to talk to you today about reality bigger. <laughs> and I, I, well, I'm trying to make it um, less ebonic, but I call it my reality bigging. You know, how I make my realities bigger by what I can say, what I can write, what I can um portray in the the written word. Now, there is this um, website that I just love, and it's called Curiosity. I'm not talking about Curiosity Stream. I'm just talking about Curiosity, curiosity curiosity.com. And Curiosity uh, has a desktop app where if you put it on your uh, desktop, when you open up a new window, it'll give you a new fact or a new trivial uh, something. I really enjoy it because it gives me access to a whole range of uh, different topics and knowledges. And you can even go in there and tell it which ones you're interested in and which ones you're not. And it's just curiosity.com. Um, and like I said, you just download the app and then it will do that. Um, and I, I know it works in Chrome. You guys don't don't write me about technicals for somebody else's stuff because I do not know. I'm just telling you at this particular time, curiosity.com is really cool. They have uh, daily things and their little tagline is, is it makes you smarter. I think it just kind of makes you have a uh, a better ability to be engaging in uh, trivial conversation. That's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, if you like uh, Jeopardy, you'll love curiosity.com. Okay, so there's that. But I was uh, in grad school, my, my last grad program, and, and y'all know I would not ever tell anybody to go and get three master's degrees. I just wouldn't do it. But here we sit. Um, I've got the papers. Well, I don't even know where I put those degrees. Anyway, I got those and the student loans to to boot. So here we go. I might as well use it some kind of way. So I'm in my last um, master's program that I was going to go through. And uh, I'm I'm working on these uh, creativity, um, this um, uh, my my, um, concentration was on um, psychology and uh, the creative process. And I'm in this class and y'all, this class is cuckoo. I'm just going to say it. it is all over the place. I mean, we are studying people like Timothy Leary and Terrence McKenna. I'm talking about the psychedelic drug folk. And I'm sitting here now. I am, I will say, I'm not, I'm not too proud uh, to, to tell you I am a drug prude. I really am. I uh, have enjoyed extreme spiritual insights, travels, or whatever. And I, I did it through meditation. I did it through uh, deep perception where you turn the lights off. And I haven't been able to do it with the lights and the water yet, but I'm going to do that. But just being able to, to build that muscle of um, going into altered states. And so for me, I was in total protest, but I was like, look, they got your money or your borrowed money. So you better sit here and learn what they're trying to teach you. So I go through the class and I go through all of these thinkers uh, from the 60s through the 90s, because that's what the class was covering um, in um, 
the way they expanded creativity. And I'm listening to a talk by uh, the late Terrence McKenna. Uh, and I was already like, why is he included in this? You know, he had a whole bunch of pseudoscience and all this kind of stuff. And I had to get past that because, you know, I have this saying, eat the fish, leave the bones. And I'm not going to disparage that man. He did a lot of great work, so much so that we're still talking about him, bless his soul. So I'm listening to uh, something and he's talking about the mushroom people and I'm like rolling my eyes, you know, but I got to write this paper and I've got to get this class done and it seemed to be important to my professor. So I got to make it work. And all of a sudden he's talking and he hits on something and I'm like, whoa, stop, pause. And it was that nugget, I think, that I was destined to get And this is what um, Terrence McKenna was talking about. Like I said, he was talking about one of his trips and he was, he was actually, I think he was, the reason why I was disappointed is because it was um, about alchemy and I love alchemy, but what he was talking about, I was like, no, this isn't it, but (laughs) it was okay because I got this nugget. And this is what he said. He said that uh, the machine, the mushroom people, you know, and and we're not going to even talk about machine elves and all this other stuff that has come back around in today's society. And like I said, I don't poo poo on it anymore. I'm not a prude anymore. I'm I'm opening and expanding because you know we we making reality bigger here. So Terrence McKenna talks um, uh, on this lecture, and then he says that. The mushroom people tell him that if you want to capture the understanding of how reality for us expands, he says it expands through our ability to take the far out stuff that we see and put it into creative word combinations. And he goes on to say that words create reality. Now, I thought because he was on this trip um, the psychedelic trip that he was going to say visions and, and pictures create reality. And no, he said that new word combinations create new realities. And he gives an example. He says, before we put together the word ego and tripping, we had no concept of what that meant. And I had to pause and that's why I paused. And I was like, he's right. And then I started looking at all of the creative things that have happened and how we get cliches and phrases and how they expand our reality. So I went back and I was like, okay, that's all well and cool. And I wrote the prerequisite paper that I was expected to write at the time. I gave them my insights on what these thinkers said. And I think this one was devoted to um, him, Thomas, uh, Tim Leary and the other guy, um, from that time that uh, was doing the LSD over in California back then. Uh, Now, I'm not conflating the two. Uh, Terrence came after them. So Terrence was later than Tim Leary and his his, um, cohort. Uh, But they were all to me in the, they were presented in the same uh, school of thought. And I turned the stuff in. And after I turned it in, I felt like I had uh, failed myself because there was so much more I could do. But guess what? I had other papers due and other classes. And I was like, you know what? I'll expand on that um, 
later. Now, it would take me years later to go back and try to track down those teachings and things. And I finally found um, a version of it. It was real grainy and hard to hear. It was kind of like somebody was taping it uh, from their pocket. (laughs) And it, it wasn't the pristine version of it that I had gotten while I was in school, you know, from those fancy subscriptions that they charge universities a whole bunch for for you to have. But anyway, I was able to muddle through and I heard it again. And it it was revel it was revelatory when I heard it this time. And so he 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 said that. Uh and I don't care if it came from the mushrooms or the machine, it was just, you know, whatever. It it, it was really powerful because then I was able to couple that with so many more years of experience and training. And I remembered how when I was going through uh dream therapy and how to work with people on interpreting their dreams from a um, therapeutic stance. And we had this acronym um, that we would use to go through the different things, you know, whether it was symbolic or in a real place, was there a time attached to it? Um, Was it um, where you could remember the, um, any visions that stuck out? Just like there was six kind of like components that we used to, to go through this. And Taking that, I remembered that the language of dreams from um, how Jung, Carl Jung, uh, positioned it, the language of dreams are coded in uh, pictures. And it was up to our subconscious to present these pictures in, in, in ways of trying to uh, communicate with us. And so I'm looking at what uh, Terrence McKenna is talking about with um, his trips and how the mushroom people are telling him <laughs> that uh, take because he's he's actually asking them how do I share this with people and he, they're showing him all of these weird far out visions and he and they're saying find the new words to explain it put the new word combinations together and that will expand their reality and I'm like oh okay so dreams and visions. And then you have uh, the mushroom people telling him to put new word combinations together so that you can create new realities of understanding. I was like, oh, I think I get it. But you guys, I really got it when I um, pulled back from that and let it marinate. And then I started realizing that when we have new turns of phrases, uh, the way people reinterpret stuff, that's what they were talking about. You know, so today I uh, am able to make a living by by doing a lot of this kind of stuff of having cute little phrases and um, things like, I say this, you know, uh, kind of tongue in cheek, But my characters get to uh, live out uh, some of the realities that I would love to to bring into existence by the way they talk and the way they choose their words to put them together. You know, so like for um, for 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 today's society, because we have the the vehicle of the Internet and everybody can talk to everyone in real time. We have uh, these great expansions happening because someone might say something over here and then it catches on over here and then it all mushes together. Like there is um, this uh, research uh, experiment that I um, 
learned of in, in school and I've since heard it uh, other places where they talked about um, these these monkeys on these on these stretch of islands and they didn't have a way to communicate with each other because it was islands separated by water. But they would talk about how the monkeys would um, figure out something on one island and then it wasn't soon after that it was soon after that the monkeys on the other islands started doing things the same way, uh, whether it was foraging for food or how they um, matriculated in their communities and their societies. And they were and it was like, wow. And when they looked at it, they um, they noticed that the sounds the monkeys would make changed. And uh, there was a hypothesis that possibly the uh, vibrations from the sounds they made carried on the winds to the other monkeys and someone, uh, not someone, but one of the monkeys was possibly able to grab it and thus their reality was strengthened. So now that I've taken you through that stuff and, and told you that background, I kind of want to talk to you today about how to make your reality bigger or basically how to hack your reality. Um, we talk about beliefs and confidence and work ethic and all this other stuff. And sometimes it kind of just comes down to architecting better language, updating, upgrading your language. You know, so I use terms to help me get to things like I use terms like goddess. <laughs> I love it. I'm like, I am a um, mystical goddess. I am a, a alchemy goddess or whatever it is that I am trying to, to work with so that I can imbue that and become that. Um, there are times when I have to get something done and I'm trying to mastermind my, my way through how to make something happen. I told you one of my favorite uh, co uh, questions that I got from um, a, uh, a mover and thinker today is, uh, what would it take? to do this or that? What would it take to get this or that done? Um, also, another one of my favorite authors, because I tell you I have a list of them, Brandon Sanderson, and uh, check him out. He has uh, great stuff. Um, he wrote a novella that I really loved called The Emperor's Soul, and I might drop that in here. It's a quick read, um, just, you know, for pure entertainment's sake. And in there, the, the main character ask herself a question. And when she asked herself a question, that phrase just boom, it went off in my mind and my soul, people. I mean, it changed me. It it rocked me. I was shooketh. And I started using that as a way to get me to reality bigger. And that phrase was, who do I need to be to get what this requires or who do I need to be to have whatever this is? And because of that, my reality started growing bigger and I started being able to entertain different options than I had ever before. Reality hacking comes down to taking the emotions, the feelings, and the visions and choosing words and new combinations to expand your ability to operate. 
You know, that's another reason why I I loved growing up with the the parents I did. I tell you, my mother loved the study of words. She loved having the old dictionaries that would take it down as far as possible, even past the Latin if she could, so that she can understand root words. Um, during her time, they still taught Latin classes, and she was she she was hotter than fish grease when she found out that they no longer offered Latin classes. She wanted us to learn it, and she was like, "I'm not I'm not that good at it to teach you, but I'll try what I can." And so, whenever she could, she would she would help us understand the breakdown of words um, from the mother tongue of the Latin that they came from that we speak in. Um, here, you know, of course, we speak American English, but I speak Southern American English, so that, that makes it even even worse. But I will tell you, I remember her taking us to the library on Saturdays and making us listen to linguistics tapes to be able to speak properly with the right accents and stuff. So it was it was something, and I didn't, I don't know that she knew that by giving us this gift of understanding language, she was actually teaching us how to code. Now, today, people are really uh, getting into learning how to computer code because that's another frontier and another way to um, bolster your ability to take care of yourself. And I'm trying to say that maybe instead of trying to code, if that's not working for you, learn language. And it doesn't even have to be different languages. Learn the language that you have and work with that because it is the code for pictures. And if it is the code for pictures and you put that code together in a new way, you will be able to get the operating systems of people's minds to operate in a new way, which means you'll be able to break and you'll be able to uh, expand a reality. So I want to talk to you real quick about this uh, book I just got the reading uh, or listening to. And uh, it was really good. I'm just going to say it. It was really good. It was called uh, Play Bigger. And the subtitle now, y'all, this is the subtitle. Get ready for it. Subtitle is How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets. And in it, it talks about how to become a reality king. It talks about um, how uh, it gives uh, different uh, case studies of, of, of what it means to be a, a dominator in your market. And there was a particular story that I really loved in it that I'm going to tell you real fast. And um, it's talking about Birdseye. Birdseye was a, a real man and he was up in uh, Alaska with the Eskimos and they gave him uh, flash frozen fish and that's what they would eat during the off season. And he remarked at how fresher that fish was than the dried fishes uh, back down south that he was used to in um in the in in North America and how much more nutrition it had and all of this. And so of course he saw the opportunity and he took the lessons that he learned from the Eskimos on how to flash freeze uh, their fish for freshness. And he brought it back and he fiddled around until he figured out how to flash freeze produce, you know, uh, uh, vegetables and fruit and things like that. And because he did that, he then had to come up with these new terms like uh, flash frozen for freshness. Yes, that's that's bird's eye. Not only that, 
he was talking to people. I think he got Westinghouse to invest to help him to create the uh, equipment to be able to transport it around the nation. So if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, but I think it was, um, no, it was not Weston. It was uh, J.P. Morgan or somebody like that invested so that he could build these refrigerated railroad cars to transport his flash frozen produce. And then on top of that, he worked with other companies to create the freezer cases in the grocery stores uh, to carry the items. Now, this was all part of his expansion of reality because he took the images and he turned them into words so that he could explain to people who had never gone up to Alaska and hung out with the Eskimos what it meant to be able to bring that stuff back and what it would look like. And so, like I said, using new terms of flash frozen for freshness and for in your freezer case, um, even for the marketing. And so they, they, um, because of this, he was able to convince someone to help him develop refrigerated railroad cars to transport his stuff. And then when he got it to the places, he was able to get someone to develop freezer cases in grocery stores. And at this time, they did not really have large supermarkets. So this was the advent of supermarkets because if super if you've got this um, stuff that you can refrigerate and now you have freezer cases you can store more stuff have more uh, things to sell and thus the corner store or the sundry and item store now turns into a super market you see the new play on reality of that you not only have a market, but now you have a supermarket because you can now have refrigerated items that will keep way longer than a regular market that is uh, having to rotate stuff out daily. And so he's moving this reality to the point where he dominates this whole new market that he has created. And I'm sitting there looking at it. And of course, I started thinking back on Terrence McKenna's new word combinations create new realities. I'm listening to his story about what he saw, and then he had to come up with new terms to describe it to people so that they would get ignited and help support his uh, endeavors. And then they start changing the reality of what people expect in their lives because now they don't have to necessarily just keep a garden and hope that they have a good crop to get them through the winter. No, they can have fresh fruits during the summer and they can have darn near fresh fruits and uh, vegetables during the winter because now Mr. Birdseye has found a way for them to flash freeze their crops uh, and we'll sell it to them, so they don't even have to do that. Fresh and and they can keep them keep them in the refrigerator uh, freezer to make it through the winter. Now, I don't know about you, but that is so powerful. Now, this book, Play Bigger, How Pirates, Dreamers, and Innovators Create and Dominate Markets, um, it had so many different stories. It's it's around a group of guys, a, a trilogy of guys uh, who got together from different areas. One is from Australia, one is from Scotland or Ireland, one of those. And I, forgive me, you guys, I, I'm not trying to say, you know, 
I, I don't appreciate it, but I, I want to say it's from one of those areas. It might be Ireland. And then another guy is from the U.S., but they all came together here in the U.S. to put together a marketing firm. And the way they set up uh, the premise of what they did was by looking for people who could dominate a category and who could um, make it their own. And then the book goes on to talk about something that was really powerful to me. And at at the time when the book is written, uh, this is where Tim Cook is just now taking over from Apple, but they ask a, a really good question. They talked about... Um, Reality Kings and Harvesters. So they talked about those people, reality, and they had, I know they had to choose one or the other. So, you know, if you want to be a reality queen, I mean, a um, category queen, that's fine too. But they talked about how they don't necessarily have to create the category. See, Birdseye, he was able to create it and maintain it. But if anybody says the difference between MySpace and Facebook, you can see Facebook did not create the social network, but they became the category king of it. And so the innovator, the the person who becomes the reality of the um, category king is always taking risks, uh, staying on top of, of the changes and things. And sometimes you need a harvester. You need someone who can come in and harvest all of the resources that have been produced. Now, they used a good explanation, uh, I mean, excuse me, example of this with Corning. They used to be just the glass company, but Corning uh, has been innovative throughout their existence and they've been around for plus 100 years. And they talked about how they started out with the the glass uh, for industrial use, then they moved into glass for bakeware, and now they are the top seller of Gorilla Glass for um, over a billion devices, um, smart devices, and how they just keep being innovative. But on top of that, they also have a harvester. They give examples. Examples of IBM and um, other companies that you're familiar with, Uber and and others. And um, they even talk about uh, how Uber came to be with regards to how the thought behind being a reality king is. But I especially like the part where they talk about uh, the innovations and the harvesting. Because when you're going to reality bigger, you don't want to only be the person who brings this aha moment. You want to be able to reap the benefits from it as well. And so with uh, reality bigger, uh, being able to put forth new stuff, you want to also be able to nurture how people have that. Um, I think about like the Me Too movements and all of these different movements. And I, I think about how people accuse folks of hijacking. And I probably would say it might not be as much hijacking as it is you have an innovator versus a harvester. And they might need to come together or you might just want to learn how to become both. So when you're reality bigger, use new word combinations to create these realities and then be willing to own it and harvest it by being the person leading the leading the um the, the, the charge to help people to understand what it means. Be that bird's eye guy who not only comes up with the flash frozen for freshness, but also be willing to develop the technology to see it through. 
So guess what? My time is up and I thank you for yours. This is Michelle Spiber with another episode of Wisdom Smack. And if you like this, please share, comment, uh, rate, and review. And consider using our Amazon link to do all your shopping at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. That's going to do it for today. And I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.